Welcome to the St. Emlyn Smack Special Podcast. I'm Ian Beardsall. I'm Simon Carley. I'm Rick Boddy. And I'm Natalie May. And in this unique four-way podcast, the first we've ever done, you join us in Chicago, sunny Chicago, at the Smack Conference, where today we've had a set of pre-conference workshops. We've all been lucky enough to be taking part in loads of different activities today. I've been a delegate at the pre-hospital session, whilst the other guys have all been leading or taking part in other activities. So we thought we'd just bring you an essence of those workshops, some learning outcomes, to try and give you a flavour of what's going on here at the SMAC conference. So, Simon, why don't we start with you? What have you been up to this morning? So, first thing this morning, we had a really, really exciting workshop on gambling with the evidence. So this was a workshop with a theme of evidence-based medicine, but not your typical evidence-based medicine workshop where you might go through loads of papers and talk about stats. This was a very practical workshop about how you translate the evidence into clinical practice. So we had some really good sessions with myself, uh, Rick Boddy, Rob McSweeney, Ken Milne, Rory Spiegel, and it was really good fun to get all these people together to explore with the delegates how they use evidence in their practice and to help them explore, give some tips. And we learned loads of things, actually, about how other people manage evidence in their practice. Big themes came out. How do you cope with how much evidence is out there? How do you get it into one place so you can store it? Some really good ideas. How do you influence your colleagues and how do you decide when to change? And it was really heartening to hear... You know, we hear lots of exciting things in the foamed world, you know, do this, do that. But a maintenance that it's a responsibility of the individual to make sure that they understand the evidence and understand the breadth of evidence before they suddenly go off and change something. So a degree of scepticism, but really good positive scepticism, which shows people are thinking about what's out there, not just accepting it. It was a good workshop. And they're great guys. Ken Milne, we've just met for the first time. And I have to admit, he's very kindly bought all of his favourite podcasting teams uh, beer. It comes from the Brew Your Own Foam session that went on today at the workshops. And we are all enjoying our beer, Ken, so thank you very much. You are a legend. Rory Spiegel, of course, of EM Nerd, and then uh, Rob McSweeney of Critical Care Review. So this is the foam community coming together in one place, sharing ideas. Natalie, what were you up to this morning? So you've already mentioned the Brew Your Own Foam session, and that's where I was with some other big foam names. So Salim Rosé from Rebel EM, Rob uh, Rogers, Haney Malamat. Jeremy and Lauren from Foamcast and then there was me representing St Emlands and we were talking to people who were interested in producing their own new foam resources so we talked about creating blogs and talking about creating podcasts and then there was some screencasting stuff that Haney did and it was great to just it wasn't particularly structured workshop it was more of a an apple bar was how we had our our plan of how it was going to go so people were able to just come and talk to those of us who were already out there producing this kind of content and get some tips on how to get started. So nice again to put some faces to names of people that you might have heard of on podcasts and other stuff and, and just to encourage people to take part in the sort of things that we've been lucky enough to start a little while ago. Uh, the more people who do all this, the better, really. Rick, how about you? I presume there's been chest pain involved and perhaps a spot of troponin, maybe? How do you guess, Ian? So I've been doing the uh, evidence-based medicine workshop with Simon this morning and talking about treatments and trials. That was fantastic. I picked up some really important themes from the people about what's important. We talked about the value of outcomes in trials. We talked about how they are so influenced by our values. We all wanted to talk about stroke thrombolysis in particular. We talked about how the outcomes that we use in trials might not necessarily be the most important to the different people that are that are stakeholders. So from patients' perspectives, for example, where they may say things very differently to doctors in terms of whether they prefer to be alive and disabled or dead. 
So a way of just trying to communicate the different levels of trial evidence, but put it in a patient's perspective, because they may see it differently to how we might read it in our objective medical minds. Exactly. And then again, we saw things from policymakers' point of view, politicians' point of view, that they've got the costs in mind, a fixed resource system, and how the outcomes of research might be different from, from their perspectives. So we talked about all those things. We talked about sort of non-inferiority trials and how they're different to superiority trials. That was pretty interesting. And then in the afternoon, I was privileged to do the emergency cardiology workshop with some absolute gurus. Steve Smith, of course, was on it with the ECG. We've got Louise Cullen talking about chest pain algorithms with me. I can talk about chest pain algorithms all day. We had some amazing other stuff from Charles Brune, who shared some superb cardiology cases, and Chris Watford, who's a paramedic, who really, what he doesn't know about ECGs is really not worth knowing. So it sounds like a fabulous day for you. You sound really invigorated by the chest pain and cardiology afternoon that you had. Do you sense that the message about high sensitivity troponin is getting out there? Did you feel that uh, people had perhaps listened to our podcast, they were using it more worldwide now? Well, actually, we focused deliberately on chest pain pathways today. We're, we are talking tomorrow about troponins. So we're going to cover most of the high sensitivity troponin ground tomorrow. But we talked about some interesting stuff about chest pain pathways and which ones people are using. Not many people were using pathways what are the barriers? What do they want a chest pain pathway to look like in their practice? And we covered some really important ground. I think most people want a chest pain pathway. It's just getting one that's right for your local population and trusting the evidence. And I mean, what a crowd to be learning from. As you say, gurus and Rick, we should include you in that as well. And I think this is probably your first podcast as a professor. Is that right? <laughs> you may well be right, Ian. Perhaps a unique moment where we have two professors on our podcast. Simon, let's think about your afternoon. What, what were you doing this afternoon? I attended as a delegate a workshop which I've been really looking forward to on getting creative. So something that's completely different to what I normally do in my day-to-day practice. And I think that's a great thing at a conference like this is to go out and do something different. So I had some three brilliant facilitators. Michelle Johnson, who is just charming, incredibly good writer, unbelievably good with words, really challenged me and I think everybody in the room to stop and think and analyse how we use language in the written form to get our messages across. And she tailored this. I know she writes novels and she writes beautifully in many different formats, but she tailored this particularly to those who want to write blog posts and drew analogies from the literature, from Shakespeare, from um, people like uh, Rich Dawkins, who writes really well, no matter what you think about him. And channeled all of that information and ex- allowed us to explore how we get our messages across. And what was really interesting to me is the way that she can look at language and analyse what works and what doesn't with a set of basic rules, basic principles, and loads of stuff that we can take back to improve the blog posts on St. Emlyn's. And if you ever get the chance to hear her speak, please do. Second session was with Grace Leo about how to improve your presentations. Now, Natalie is on our team. She's our presentation guru here. I know she's done lots of work with Grace in the past, but to hear it from her about how she presents her knowledge of graphic design, about getting your message across visually was incredible. It was the same as Michelle, but for visual impressions. We did some exercises there where we did some little designs there. We talked about free things on the web, which can radically change how your presentations. It was really inspiring. And we've worked hard at St. Emily's to make our presentations good, but this was a level above. This was really cracking stuff. And then lastly, Rob Rogers, about how to get a podcast up and running, how to make it inspiring, engaging. And clearly, well, there is much for us to learn, actually, but he was really, really good. So we had the written word. 
we had the visual message and we had the spoken word in one session from three fabulous people. I learned loads. Sounds fabulous, although perhaps a little bit late for those of us who are doing talks tomorrow. Natalie, your afternoon was spent with small children. Well, yeah, there were actually no small children in the session, but it was the smack mini session where we we took an approach to the paediatric critical care situations that we might come across either as ED doctors or as uh, intensivists who are not paediatricians by normal trade. And there were some fantastic speakers there. So we had a, a great opening session from Fran Lockie, who was coordinating the whole workshop, and he spoke alongside Phil Hyde about the paediatric airway and breathing. And some of the, the take-home messages actually are really applicable to all of our patients, not just children. It said no one ever dies from not being intubated. We can use simple airway stuff. And I think that's something we can we can tend to forget, actually, that those airway manoeuvres and simple uh, two-handed bag valve mask ventilation can be life-saving. We can, we can really change our mindset and, and approach the, those patients slightly differently and not get so hung up on intubating people. And then Lisa McQueen, who's a local doctor from Chicago, she was excellent. She talked about children in shock and dealing with them. And she made reference to the case of Rory Staunton. I don't know if you heard about him. It was a famous American case of a child who was seen and discharged from the emergency department and then came back in septic shock and sadly died. Um, and with, on the things that we could learn from that and what I really took away from that was that our reassessment of children is really key in the emergency department we see lots of kids who are hot and a bit grumpy and a bit tachycardic and then it's how we assess who's getting better to go home and that face-to-face assessment is so important so lots of useful things my day was spent doing some pre-hospital care well when I say doing watching other people do what was described as a workshop but frankly would put m- most conferences to shame Carol Harbig from Greater Sydney Hems had put together a fabulous day with some really inspiring speakers, covered all sorts of ground about pre-hospital emergency medicine, pre-hospital care, amazing simulations, some panel discussions where presented cases which there wasn't a right answer to. And I think that was one of the key messages today was there's many ways to supply excellent care. There isn't always one right answer. And perhaps the major thing I was thinking about as I came away was this idea of visualisation, that we should practice in our minds when we can those difficult circumstances so that we know when we're in that situation what it is we're going to do we can't be there experiencing something for the first time when the patient needs us most so whether it's on the way to work when you're driving in the car just think to yourself what would I do in this situation practice it over and over mentally rehearse it and that will make you all the more prepared and I'm definitely going to be doing that some more when I get home it sounded incredible. There was lots and lots of activity on Twitter about the Smack Force workshop. There was quite a bit of a buzz around Ashley Liebig and her presentation there. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Because it sounded quite exciting. Ashley was really, really good. I-, I tweeted to say that she was sort of the Liz Crow and had the opportunity to see Liz's talk online. Liz did an amazing talk. She's a social worker. She's actually what you could call in the Glastonbury sense, headlining tomorrow morning as part of the plenary. And Ashley reminded me very much of her. She gave an incredibly passionate talk, really well put together about how we should look after each other, which in amongst, dare I say, relatively testosterone fueled environment to have Ashley come and give us some balance to remind us just how horrific some of these scenes can be that you can experience in pre-hospital care, how we need to look after each other. It was really important. And actually, I think, took the audience a little bit by surprise i don't think they were expecting a talk like that but that is really what you get at smack you get the whole range from clinical care right the way through to how we feel and how we look after each other and for many people i think that might be the most memorable part of today hugely valuable and very brave of her to do it but she pulled it off and pulled it off in grand style so tonight more networking 
Well, maybe, or perhaps more practicing of our talks tomorrow. It is a huge honor to be asked to speak at SMAC, but for some reason, the stress about doing this is unbelievable. So I don't know how you guys are feeling, but I'm slightly anxious and nervous and I will be practicing my talk a couple of times and I'll be eating a small meal and nothing that can possibly cause any form of gastrointestinal disturbance. So that sounds like a really fun evening for you, Ian. I'm not sure we're all going to join you in that, but we are going to meet as many people as possible. If you're around in Chicago, please come and say hello to the St. Emelins team. We would love to hear from you. It's going to be a great conference and you'll hear more from us tomorrow. Take care, everybody, and keep enjoying your emergency medicine.